Okay. Um, if you'd like to, if you could introduce yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm Anthony Daniels, and I'm at, um, at Comic-Con in um, San Diego. Little jet lag, flew in uh, to Los Angeles a few days ago, principally to talk about Star Wars in concert, which is a breathtakingly huge, spectacular rock concert orchestral experience. It, it, it really does have the majesty and hugeness of, a, of a, an amazing uh, rock concert. But on the stage is a, basically a symphony orchestra and choir, a highly skilled and clever conductor, and behind them is a 100-foot LED screen that, that emits a huge amount of light. And it's there principally Partly it shows uh, the workings of the orchestra as the music goes along because we've got you know, a lot of cameras within, within the uh, auditorium and on stage. But it's there also to show, I don't know, 10 or 12 specially re-edited sequences of all the Star Wars films, all put together to, to work on a certain theme so that a, a theme might be about, I don't know, the dark side. And there, John Williams scores... He's, he's rewritten his, uh, reworked his scores to, to fit together with these specially recut films. Um, the lighting and sound and lasers are, are huge and, and wonderful and beautiful. And in the middle of all this, I stroll on, calm and serene, and tell the story of Star Wars in segments, followed by uh, films and music and so on. And you follow the very, very simple theme of Star Wars. So, for instance, if you've never seen Star Wars, this is the... This is instant story. You get it. You get the main theme of it, the, the going to the bad, the coming good, the redemption, which is basically what it's about, the whole journey. So on screen, you may see all the elements that will tweak your memory superbly, but we don't necessarily talk about them. And that makes for a very simple, direct, rather beautiful show. Um, it and uh, and you're going on tour with it, and uh, it's it's going to be quite a whirlwind, I imagine. That's the I I don't really mind talking to well, sixteen thousand people. It it doesn't because I think partly I feel the affection that's coming from them. Uh, the thing I'm a little um, apprehensive about is g- the first leg of this tour is is three months, and you know I, I won't see friends and home for for that period of time, and that's to come out of the blue. This is. This is quite a thing. So I'm becoming like this uh, a roadie, you know, rock star um, that I will have a trailer and all that kind of thing and, you know, planes and stuff. Because some nights, you know, we are doing one show in a city and then moving on after the show and arriving somewhere, putting it up the next day. And it's uh, a mighty, wonderful experience to see it being put up, that's for sure. Um, other places we'll do two or three nights, depending. And then, of course, there are even bigger plans. So I really have to think, you know, how do I want my future to be? It's a hu- it, it's a hugely exciting offer to, and I thought of saying no, and then common sense took over, and I said yes, yes please. Um, as far as as far as Star Wars is concerned, you seem to be more than any anyone else involved with Star Wars. You're the mainstay. You've done everything. You've done all the cartoons. You've done all of the video games, or most of the video games at least. Um, you know, you've you've been there since day one, and and you're still here, and. And what, what, what is that like being, being part of something like that for so long and being so close to a character? It's almost become, uh, I don't know, uh, not quite a duty, but I, I, a responsibility that I feel, I feel I should, strangely. I've not, not really thought about that, but 
I think I almost feel an obligation to 3PO more, <laughs> more than to George. Certainly, you know, he wouldn't want me to be obligated. But I feel 3PO uh, needs me in a way that he'd be really rather upset <laughs> if, I, if I went away. I'd have to ask him one time. Um, it's, it's been a bit of a privilege to be able to, um, you know, to be, to be a part of so many things. And, of course, what many people won't realize is that the 3PO's voice is actually quite hard to do because he, he's so tense as a, as a character. And creating his voice involves a certain amount of tension and sort of uh, uptightness. And, you know, so my stomach muscles can get really good and back muscles can get quite knotted after a long uh, recording session. And because he is not a relaxed character, and therefore you cannot reproduce his voice in a relaxed way. And I often think I should have come up with a more... <laughs> Do you remember Hal in 2001? Tremendously calm. You're hurting me, Dave. Dave, my memory is going. You know, he's so serene in everything he did. Now, why didn't I do that? Um, that's a good question. But... Uh, uh did you actually try to do the voice in in the costume when you were doing like? Do you do the voice in the yeah, costume? Uh, totally, it, it's a complete performance. I have a, a little microphone on my forehead, really, and a wire going right down my back to a transmitter in my butt, basically. And that, but it's a very awful right because my, my head is encased in a ball of, of uh, fiberglass. Um, and then, what certainly I did in the original movies was to immediately re-record a guide track, just wild, but remembering my own timing, you know, actors can do this sort of nonsense. And we have a guide track so that we can, and that is placed to picture just like you would sync anybody else's voice track up. Because, and I do what I call uh, body sync, because I don't move all the time. Three of lips don't move. But I move enough to help you relate to the fact that the sound is coming out of this little... I don't know what it was. There was a mouth. It is modulated some word like that. I'm not very good on the science mm -hmm. of it all. And we use the guide track to really understand when I have begun speaking on the set because I'm replicating exactly what I've done on the set. I'm giving the performance there. You don't do it later. It happens there. You just need, for technical reasons, to, um, to put pure sound on. And it's the same with um, the cartoon series, The Clone Wars, that um, I stand there. And, of course, I just do one take uh, because I'm not wearing the costume but I stand as though I am. Um, I mean, I guess it feels like, like uh, after having done this for so long, I mean, sometimes you must, you must feel like, like you are 3PO. Uh, certainly, I kind of know his reactions to things quite often without even considering it. He, uh, but then I do actually sit down and think, well, is that the best reaction we can come up with at this point? And that's where the rewriting comes in. That, um, because he has attitude, that's for sure. He's hugely loyal. And he loves his friends and his, uh, his masters and all that kind of thing. And he really doesn't like bad people <laughs> or badly behaved people. He can just about tolerate Han Solo. But, you know, Han really pushed it in Ewok uh, village there. He, you know, the worm nearly turned there. Um, I love that bit because technically it was awkward to move that quickly in the costume. But you look on this face, you look at the fury on 3PO's face at this human who's messing him one more time. And, you know, even the weakest, most frail person can lose it. And it actually far more dangerously than somebody who knows their own strength. So 3PO, um, for the most part, holds his frustrations in, and they come out vocally as well. Um, is this, uh, I mean, you, you've, 
again more than I think a lot of the uh, the the main talent in the Star Wars saga um, find yourself in front of the fans a lot. I mean, I the first time I was able to to see you was uh, at Celebration One, um, and and you would come out and uh, in the rain, in the rain and uh, and the mud, <laughs> and uh, you had the audience do the uh, the Ewok. Uh, and, and basically an entertainer, I think, rather more than an actor. I want, I recognize that I have a need that an audience feels good. I want, I want them to have a nice time. And I was so sad, as was Dan Madsen, at the rain in Denver. It, it was like being in the Somme in World War One. It was just mud everywhere. And people wearing s stupidly thin clothes and getting really cold. And But nobody didn't smile. And I have a huge regard for anyone who who stuck it out there. And hugely fond memories, hugely fond memories of that. I think it was almost like a Woodstock brotherhood of people who survived Denver, in, including me, I have to say. Um, I've never been on stage and had it rain on my head before. I've never got off stage to walk amongst the seats of the audience and realize that I'm standing in a puddle that is so deep that it is actually flowing over the top of my shoes and into my feet and I'm still smiling that I feel like I want to go home that all these people need to be looked after. I share that with 3PO actually I realize that I, I, I do need to look after people. If they're there they need to have the best. And one of the things I like about the concert is that it is a very high-end, very w expensively produced show. It is entirely at a standard of the movies, which are highly produced and very expensive. And this concert has been produced in the same way, and therefore if, you know, I feel proud to, to be an element within it, uh, because it's a fine thing. Okay, I, have, uh, I think that's, that's all for today. Do you have any other um, I, You know, I could sit here and, uh, and ask you questions all day, so I might as well cut it off while... Uh, <laughs> um, but... Uh, and I would too, <laughs> but uh, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, for speaking with us. Well, speaking to people about Star Wars generally means speaking to people about their their lives, their their the thing that interests them, the thing that uh, interests many of their friends, the brotherhood of uh, of the world of Star Wars. I, I g only get it by proxy because I was so involved, as, as, as George was and is, that we, we both agreed that we can't be fans because we just, we just do it. it. It is sort of our lives. Um, so we never get the impact. But what I have begun to get is the impact of the affection of it all and that other people love it. And it's a magic thing to be able to say, I'm a part of that. Um, you know, the fans have looked after George and myself for all these years, and uh, it doesn't show any signs of stopping. I think whatever the ticket costs, you, you get your money's worth of concert, you will feel an enormous power coming off that stage. But then I feel the enormous power coming back from the applause. It's too well. <laughs>